0: Welcome to Healthcare IT Play. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend Colin Hunt. The world of technology and healthcare are ever changing in new and other ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways, which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, we'll be asking the question is healthcare social media dead? Uh, I can't wait to hear the answer. <laughs> you're to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our fourteen years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday So, is it dead?
1: Oh, it's just you're just getting right into it, right, John? <laughs> so, so the answer in my mind is social media dead. Of course not. I mean, you know, there's. There's so many new platforms coming. I mean, no one would have predicted TikTok, right? And then before that, Instagram. So I think social media is alive and well. However, I think depending what platform you're that you're a fan of, it it might be dying or it might be changing. Um, especially I think now, you I mean, say
0: that like I, I would. I guess I would look at it as um, our need to connect socially is never dead. <laughs> it it's just true. evolves on which platform we use to do it. Like, but our desire to connect, to learn, to grow, you know, to have those engagements, that'll never die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think the, the, the purpose behind social media will never go away. Uh, but I do think that if you look what's in the headlines right now around social media, I think social media is going through a very tough time you know just mentioning tiktok there there's a lot of questions about the privacy and security of tiktok and whether it's you know spying on you and and doing those kinds of things and then of course facebook and twitter are both suffering from a lot of uh policing that has to go on that they're starting to have to do around you know hate speech and and you know quasi you know robot uh tweeters and and posters and things and so those two platforms have lost a lot of uh, trust from the people from the user community and so it's not in a great state like uh, there's a lot of distrust of a lot of the social media platforms the only one that i think has sort of stayed above the fray has been linkedin right it's traditionally it's still sort of there's not a lot of press about linkedin it sort of keeps humming along and people still use it for business But uh, definitely uh, Twitter and Facebook have been suffering recently with uh, a lot of the things that are happening on those two platforms.
0: Yeah, I guess it's an illustration that tying it to your professional profile is a powerful deterrent to some of the uh, things we see on Twitter and Facebook, which can be anonymous and other things. Uh, Are you on TikTok?
1: I am not, although my my daughter is in terms of she watches it and she shows me stuff, so uh, I find it. I actually find it amusing. I, I do enjoy it. Like I find them amusing. I find the videos great. Uh, it's sort of like the early days of of uh, Instagram, right, where just people are just having fun on the platform, and it hasn't yet turned into a big giant sort of um, political. I won't say political. That's the wrong word. But like it hasn't turned into a, a sort of a platform for people, uh, you know, to to do other things. It's just a lot of fun. I find.
0: Yeah and, and there's an argument against it from a B2B standpoint that you just made right there uh, as far as marketing and you know which we both care about but uh you know I I don't allow my kids on it at least for now we haven't allowed it but we actually haven't allowed it really uh, any social media other than maybe YouTube if you consider that social media uh, but interestingly enough they understand the culture of TikTok because almost everyone's TikTok videos end up on Twitter or on YouTube, YouTube. or on a search or And so like my daughter's talking about, oh yeah, you know this trend on TikTok? And I'm like, how do you do that? You don't even have TikTok, but you you know, and same (laughs) for me, like I don't, I haven't used TikTok. I've chosen not to. And with everything that's come out privacy-wise, I've said, let's not do it. But I see a lot of TikTok videos because they get published to Twitter as well. So it's interesting how that form of content still goes across multiple social media platforms, but you're right. It is really more about entertainment and amusement I'm part of a blogger group, actually. It's with a lot of mommy bloggers and things. Uh, someone who used to work for us at Healthcare IT Today. And you know, she started this group, so I joined in to help her out. And it's been interesting. They actually have TikTok paying them to create non- Uh, entertainment content, if you will. So more recipes and, you know, homeschooling and the educational content, because TikTok understands that they need to diversify into other things. So it's interesting to see TikTok uh, investing that way. And anyway, but I mean, I think you're right that uh, the social media is evolving. There's less trust with many of the things that are happening. There's a lot of question marks, especially how much is the government influence from external governments or other influential people who have money? Are they using it with bots or are they using it with ads and how are they influencing? What does that mean for me? I think that's created a lot of distrust and, and also it's created a, a, an environment that isn't as exciting and friendly, I guess, if you will, uh, because, because of those people entering it in.
1: Yeah. I mean, social media to me has, has gone mainstream. I mean, uh, you know, and it has been for a while. Facebook is just now part of our our lives, right? Uh, Twitter is part of our lives for those that choose to engage on those platforms. LinkedIn is part of our professional lives. And, you know, what was really surprising about some of the more recent uh, in, um, news stories is the power that advertisers now have wielded over the platforms. Uh, because before it was like, oh, if you're not on Facebook, you're, you're, you're not anywhere. And And it was almost like, uh, the advertisers were beholden to whatever Facebook was doing. And now the table has turned because the advertisers are saying, there's no way I'm paying you anymore. If my ad is going to appear next to a story about how black lives don't matter, there's no way I want my ad like that. So either you fix that or I'm not advertising with you. And you can see from a from an advertiser's point of view that that totally makes sense. Yet uh, Facebook didn't have that kind of mechanism in place uh, and now they're having to add that. And now they're having to clean up a lot of the content that's uh, out on their sites. So it's very, that to me was the most interesting part um, because that didn't happen, for example, with Google, right? Like if you look at sort of the history of Google ads and AdWords, I mean, they've never really had this sort of problem, I think maybe at the very, very early days they did, but, but certainly not to the extent where, you know, some of the cosmetic companies are, you know, thinking about pulling all their advertising from a platform as powerful as Facebook.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the opposite, the, the reason is because Facebook's hosting the content, whereas Google is just indexing other people's content. And so, and, and, you know, that is a fascinating comparison. What's interesting, though, to me, and, you know, hopefully Facebook does incorporate a lot of things and remove some of the hate and other things that are happening there and make it, you know, more specific and, and higher quality. But, I think it's a blip on the radar for them. Uh, These people saying they're not going to spend. And if you're an organization that was spending, you know, let's say you're spending a million dollars on Facebook. The reason you are spending a million dollars on Facebook is because you are generating two, three, four, or five million dollars in revenue for your organization. And so, you know, as an organization, it's nice that you're falling back on, you know, some principles and you want to do that. But once the PR uh, is over on that, they're going to go back to spending. So, you know, because, you know, that dollar is going to rule them for a lot of organizations. Right. And, you know, I guess it will be interesting to see how meaningful is the impact. Uh, You know, we had this conversation with health IT, how meaningful is the health IT conferences on health IT companies? We're going to find that out. Well, we're going to find out the same thing for companies spending on social media.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. Let's move on and just, you know, go narrower a little bit, John, and talk about healthcare and social media, right? So, you know, the current state in my mind of healthcare, social media is we're, we are still in sort of that phase where it's in a plateau, as I call it. So it's not growing, but it's also not shrinking. Whereas I think in general, some of the social platforms are losing um, uh, tweeters and and losing posters. Um, But I think healthcare and social media has kind of um, gotten to a point where, you know, certainly patient groups, Know exactly what they can use and do on social media platforms. They're connecting with each other. They're sharing tips and strategies relative to diseases that, that they have or conditions that they have, and those remain very, very powerful and very active today. I mean, uh, breast, cares, uh, breast cancer, breast um, cancer social media, um, there is all lung cancer social media. Those groups still continue to be very viable on the variety of platforms. So, from that aspect, I think it's still going pretty strong. And now, I think as well, companies have been on social media long enough that they understand more today around the need to interact and the need not to just spew content, that they're really trying to use social media the right way. Um, and, you know, there's less and le- I'm finding less and less of those broadcast style messages, uh, at least on the hashtags that I'm involved with. So I think we've sort of reached a steady state um, for healthcare and social media.
0: Yeah, and I I would agree with you when it comes to health IT companies. I think we have plateaued and, you know, your health IT company has decided, am I on social or am I not? You know, if you're a health IT professional, you've kind of decided, am I on or not? And there's a little come and going and whatnot. But, you know, like you said, it's pretty plateaued and flat. But I would disagree with you when it comes to providers. I've actually seen an explosion of new providers on Twitter that are using it to engage with other provider professionals, doctors in particular, uh, but you know, others, nurses, et cetera. But uh, I've seen a lot more and not just involvement, and maybe they hopped on and they were on it for five, 10 years, but they didn't use it. And now they're starting to use it. They're starting to find more of a voice than I had seen previously. So I think in that regard, the provider organization, the doctors, that is a segment that I think is still growing and they're just finding their voice. And I actually think the patient segment is continue, continuing to grow as well. Many people didn't realize the power of having a community. And I think that they're getting more attention that way. Uh, you know, there's certainly been some fallback. We saw that with Facebook and, and the privacy issues they had with a number of uh, patient groups. But, uh, you know, there is that insatiable appetite to connect with peers that are like you. And uh, I think in my opinion, doctors are just discovering this.
1: It's, it's true. Actually, there have been a noticeable increase in the number of physicians, but you're right. And when you look at their profiles, it's like, Oh, they've been here since 2015, right. Or 2016. They just haven't been active or they maybe yeah. were listening all this time.
0: They talked about uh, sports or TV or their right. favorite actress, but they didn't really talk about medical and now they are doing that. <laughs>
1: yeah and it's true because I have had you know some conversations online with um, a few new physicians who have joined um, you know HCLDR which I am, I'm one of the managers for along with Joe bobbian uh, and and on uh, HITMC of course they they just never realized that there was actually this educational component right that people were were tweeting or posting uh, useful articles and latest news and research and things. And and they were just so happy to see that it's, you know, more than just people posting the latest, you know, vacation photos and stuff. So you're right in the sense that there's still those kinds of conversations going on, which means that these people are still discovering some of these aspects of where healthcare social media has gone.
0: And I think the physician growth was happening before COVID-19, but amidst COVID-19, a lot of them really saw that value of having real-time information from a group of doctors that helped them understand the quickly changing pandemic and virus and treatments and all those things. So I think that illustrated to them, hey, it's not a place to come and say, here's what I had for lunch, which is you know the misconception so many people have with Twitter, but it was a place to really connect with years.
1: Well, and, and you bring up a good point, John. I mean, that is one thing that I think has changed significantly because of COVID. I think before that, people, only a few organizations were using social media as a regular communications method to the community, right? And usually it usually was the foundation, right? Hey, we're doing this, we have a new building going up, uh, we have some event going on at the facility. But when COVID hit, there was really no other effective way to reach your community. And so you started to see, or at least I started to see, a lot more posts from um, healthcare organizations on Facebook saying, hey, we've closed this, our emergency room is open or isn't. Uh, if you have this issue, call this number, go here. A lot of that stuff started to be, that was the quickest way to get it to the public was through social media channels. And uh, so that was encouraging to see that finally, you know, it was becoming a viable communications method.
0: And that investment paid off. Uh, you yeah, know, we see that over over again in the crisis. If you invested to grow your social media presence, then that tool was there and available for you. If you didn't, then you didn't have a way to communicate with those patients or your stakeholders.
1: Well, and, and, you know, and you and I both know this, it's, it's not easy to change some websites, right? Like, you know, it takes some time. You got to get your IT department sometimes or, you know, marketing can't change it. But it's so easy to create a Facebook post, right? And it's so, and then pin it or, or create a post on your Twitter feed and pin it or Instagram, right? And as a consumer, as a person, those are the places where I go to get the latest information, right? So it, it's sort of now become ingrained for us to know, oh, if you want the latest, go there. And uh, again, it was just encouraging to see healthcare organizations adopting uh, those platforms as a way to communicate with the general public. Yep, absolutely. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about healthcare social media. Is it dead?
0: It's not dead for us. Uh, You know, it feels like it. How many years are we in? I think 15 years, something like that. I think so.
1: Yeah. I I went back and looked at my Twitter um, and uh, yeah, (laughs) it's surprising to see how long I've been on it or how long we've been on it. And, and uh, you know, actually it's funny to go back and look at some of those old tweets and I cringe now. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I did that.
0: (laughs) I was going to say you're brave enough to do that. It's like me looking at old posts on healthcare it today. I, Occasionally I have actually, I've updated posts or I've brought, I look at an old post and I rewrite it for the new just to see what's changed, but man, it's cringy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So where does healthcare social media go from here? I mean, where do you think we're going to be heading, John?
0: I mean, I I think there is going to be a massive challenge with that whole trust issue. And I, I, unfortunately, I think it's only going to get worse. I think it's gonna be a real problem for people. And what, I've, what I'm seeing happening though is I'm actually seeing a bit of a contraction in social media when it comes to who you follow, who you trust, which is it's kind of sad because if you were there during the golden age of social media growth, there was this energy and excitement and discovery, right? Whether it was you're discovering new techniques or discovering new information or most importantly, discovering new people. Like that was so much fun because, you know, when would I have gotten the chance to interact with some of these people or to you know know that Colin hung in in Toronto, Canada could help me in Las Vegas, right? Like, I mean, that would never happen outside of social media. I mean, maybe we get lucky at a conference, right? Like, but you know, in social media, it really did lower that barrier to be able to connect with so many influential, thoughtful people that really was beautiful. And unfortunately, I think we're seeing the opposite, where now people are actually unfollowing uh, large groups of people that are not producing information they care about which is probably a good thing right i mean if you're if you're in it like we are right where we've followed so many and we have connections to so many you know filtering that down so there's less noise and there's more signal uh, in your feed it's probably a good thing but it is sad because we're missing out on some of the discovery that we we had at the beginning
1: Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think certainly on the mature platforms like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, there isn't that sort of sense of energy and discovery. Like there's no more sort of the follow, follow, uh, follow Friday kind of (laughs) tweets and things like that. That's gone by the wayside because there isn't that. You know, there isn't a need anymore to go out and discover someone. It's more like, oh, I heard them at a conference. I'll go look up their LinkedIn profile. I'll go on Twitter and follow them. It's the reverse now. Whereas before, you used to go to Twitter just to discover people. Now you discover people through other ways, and you follow them on Twitter just because you know now you trust them and you want to see what they're saying. So it's definitely become more of a of a one way. Like it's it's no longer the place to go to meet people. It's become a place where you go to link with people you've already met through another channel. That's that's what I'm starting to find.
0: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. It really is about growing existing connections or some sort of relationship as opposed to like in the early days you'd follow a hundred people and then you'd kind of see what they say and you might unfollow a few if they were spouting stuff that wasn't useful or that was flooding your feed with uh, junk that wasn't wasn't what you were interested in Uh, but you're right I think that the growth really is about taking some sort of other connection whether it's a work connection eventually a conference connection or you see a virtual event connection you'll say oh that person's really interesting they have good ideas i've done this on a virtual event i hear this person i'm like i gotta go follow them right and so i go to their social and i follow them but it was based on some other interaction as opposed to this kind of random discovery if you will that used to happen and isn't happening nearly as much now
1: yeah, like, you know, I will on Twitter, admittedly, when people follow me, I look at their profile. And if I find it interesting, I will follow them. But that's about the only discovery I do now. So they had to do some action for me to do something. I, I, I very rarely go out and seek new people and look at the recommend you follow section. It's just, it's lost the energy. Um, and also just
0: you though because we've been doing it so long like and maybe if, if someone joined today would they have the same experience as we had uh you know 15 years ago
1: and that's very true i mean you know we are sort of out put ourselves in the jaded category right because we've been on it so long where we we've maybe lost the magic right whereas someone new coming in maybe it is still got that energy and i can only assume that's what's happened that was what happened a few years ago on instagram There was sort of this sense of discovery and new people coming up and being Instagram stars because they're posting really interesting things. And then now it's of course happening with TikTok, right? So I Mm -hmm. always think there will be platforms as new ones come on that they will have that energy. But it seems at least to me to be shorter and shorter, right? The the time span of of that discovery and that sort of um, honeymoon period is getting shorter and shorter as every new platform comes out. Um, But but where I want to just quickly go was I think that healthcare, social media is um, becoming a lot more commercial and I don't think that's actually a bad thing. I think it's becoming, again, a communications mechanism for people to get the word out about important things. I am mean, sure, there are still some people who spew and, and you know talk about, okay, you want a demo and everything like that, but that's on the decline. It's a lot more about sharing content about inviting people to a valuable uh, panel discussion or a really good recording of a panel discussion. And that I think is a good thing. Uh, even though that the platforms themselves are suffering from, you know, people getting off the platform and people unfollowing, but I think the, the value, the, the richness of the content is still there for me.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people confuse kind of social media 101 that I'm there, I'm there to broadcast. Uh, And I think people are learning better about that, right, that it really is about connecting with people. Uh, You know, if we want to talk health IT companies for a a, a little bit, you know, they think, oh, I should be able to broadcast that I should be able to drive leads. And it's like, if you do that, you, you, you don't understand social media. But if you wanna connect with press to be able to get press coverage and understand what they cover and who they are and and be able to connect with them on a personal level, social media is great for those personal connections. If you wanna do that with customers, if you wanna do that with thought leaders that you wanna invite in a webinar, all of those things are incredibly valuable that can help you drive leads down the road, but it's about the relationship. I think the same is true for healthcare organizations. How do you drive patients? How do you build trust? with the right content and sharing and connection and engagement, you can do that on social media.
1: Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great way to kind of end uh, this episode. It's really just for you and I to talk a little bit about some of the tips and strategies that we've accumulated over the years, John. I mean, I remember when we first started or when, uh, you know, people were coming on the platform in the early days, there was a lot of discussion of, you know, do I have two accounts, do I have a private one, or a professional one? I mean, I hardly ever get that question anymore, right? Uh, same yeah. thing about the frequency, right? Do I, do I post more than once a day or not? I, the good news is we're not getting those questions because I think a lot of people now know what the answers are. Yeah. And so that just represents, again, the maturity of, of the use of social media and healthcare. But one of the things that I would say is remain true. To, it's as true today as it was when, when I first started. And that is, if you're sharing valuable content, that's probably one of the best ways to connect with other people and to be valuable, right? Because when you're sharing valuable content, if you're sharing articles that are interesting from different perspectives or from different places that aren't sort of already being read by people, I think that's, that's what I click on. And that's certainly when I notice people is like, wow, this person's really posting a lot of good stuff. And so I'm going to follow them. And, uh, and that to me is is a tip and a strategy that I would continue to, Tell people who are relatively new to to social media.
0: So I want to talk about a tip I've shared in the past and see what you think about how it's evolved. Uh, you know, the tip is to be human, mm. uh, and I would often say, "But if, if you're a jerk, never mind. Don't be human, right? Don't be on <laughs> social media." But that is really kind of the crux of the question. Like, there is so much value in being human, and, and on social media. Humanity resonates with people in a way that some sterile corporate jargon or whatever it might be doesn't and so but you know I encourage humanity still but I, I do that with just a little caveat that you know sometimes being human can can come back to bite you and you know I think we're we're in a state in the world where we're trying to figure out what does that mean right and can we be okay with people who maybe have some fallacies right and that have some things that are less than favorable and you know that we need to learn to improve so you know i still think humanity resonates with people um but i think there is some fear for people uh, to be too human to be too open and and what does that mean is there are they going to you know receive backlash and you know cancel culture we'll throw that in there right like that, you know, because they were so human. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a challenging thing to navigate right now. That I think has many people afraid to to be human.
1: I, I think so. There's definitely a lot more. Let me, put it, let me put it this way. I think there's a lot more care being put into what people are posting themselves. At least I certainly hope there is. Yeah, with right, some
0: to, exceptions, and they're paying the price. But. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. I mean, but that's the that's the whole point. I think what we, we are now at a point where just you know, if the first reaction is to go and post something. I think that that is now going away because that is, you know, posting something in the heat of the moment other than just a picture uh, is, is now you're, you're opening yourself up to potential issues, right? If you don't at least take a moment to think about this from another person's perspective, how will someone else read this, right? Is it going to come across really, really callous? Or is it really going to come across tone deaf uh, or is it going to come off even worse than those two comments? So, I think, you know, that is definitely another tip and strategy. I would suggest is, you know, take give yourself that moment. I know there's a tendency to want to just post it right away and hit that button. But give yourself that 5 minutes, the 20 minutes, the hour to respond to something and and post something uh, because you, you, you know what you wrote could as you just said, John, could come back to bite you and right now it's going to bite you pretty hard.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess I would take, you know, and maybe this is our strategy at Healthcare IT today and might be useful to some other people is our goal is to improve the industry to shine lights on good things that are happening and you know I think we would generate a lot more traffic if we headed into the controversial and we you know we we did all sorts of investigative journalism calling people out and everything but and certainly you know there's there's a place for journalism to hold people accountable I'm not saying that's not the case but uh, I think you know there's something about you know, who you are on social media being reflected. And at least we've decided, you know, Colin and myself in healthcare IT today, we want to be the ones that promote and improve what's happening, as opposed to being the pre- people who call out whatever's happening and whatever's wrong. You know, I mean, I think there's a place for both. Uh, you know, I, like I said, but you know, you have to think about who are you and who do you want to be, and is that the person you want to be represented as? And for us, we want to highlight things that are going to improve healthcare and improve health IT. Um, so think about that. You know, who do you want to be seen as on social media?
1: Well, that's a great point. It's a great point. And I think on that note, John, we've come to the end of another episode. So thank you for all of you who've tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung my friend and health it collaborator john lynn thanks for listening and have a great week